Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that's flying on a space whale. Okay, then. That <laughs> <laughs> reaction was so great. It's just, okay. Corbin, you, you, didn't, you didn't do the bit. You didn't do the bit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's the noobs and the Hoobian. <laughs> my name is Austin. I'm the Hoobian. These are my sons, Corbin and Trip. And, and we're, we're the, the noobs. And this is the podcast that took entirely too long to get started, so we're just not going to re-record oh, the beginning. Sure. Nope. Where we introduce a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and then discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who, who haven't. So welcome to episode number 66, covering series five, episode two, The Beast Below. This is the one where Amy and the Doctor meet Queen Elizabeth X on the back of a space whale. Space Britain has become a police state and everyone is cool with it, except for the Doctor and Amy. Story number 204, originally airing April 10th, 2010 to 8.42 million viewers. Holy cow. Wow. Remember last time we said it went from like 12 something to 10 something. Yeah. Now we're down to, to 8.42. So then people what this tells like us. People not like Matt Smith as well? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, you know, season premiere, you know, so it's season premiere. Yeah. That's going to be like a Everyone big to do. Everyone watches it. That's right. Uh, so now we're, we're settling in to probably the more, uh, you know, accurate numbers for this season. Mm. Uh, written by Stephen Moffat and directed by Andrew Gunn. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that Noobs and the Whovian is brought to you by R5 Website Management, where you can get world-class hosting, domain registration, and security at a great price. Use the code NOOBS at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. So go to store.r5websitemanagement.com, use the code NOOBS at checkout, and get started on your awesome website today. Uh, miscellaneous trivia this, this go-round, um, just really one thing to mention that there was a mini-sode called Meanwhile in the TARDIS, number one. There is a Meanwhile in the TARDIS, number two. two. And wow. if you check the uh, show notes, you will see over at noobsandthubian.com, you'll, you'll have a link to where you can watch that, I think, on like Daily Motion or Vimeo or somewhere like that. Um, or you can just Google it because by the time you clicking on that link it may have already been taken down i don't know <laughs> so, <laughs> that uh, seems to happen with us maybe we should source our videos well it's because else, but... this one is you know you're, you're supposed to get it on the dvd and whatnot and we're watching it on amazon prime so the the short short commentary on that is it was hilarious it um, was it was really great amy kept asking all of the fan questions about the tardis uh why does the air leak out of the wooden box uh, huh. You know, if, if it's a wooden police box, why doesn't the air leak out? For that matter, uh, why does it say police box? Shouldn't, shouldn't it say time machine? Why does it look like a police box? Where do the windows go? You know, all of these kind of um, fan questions from uh, from decades gone by. So she asked all of that. And some of this was we're introducing new viewers because Doctor Who had been picking up an international fan base it was mm-hmm. it was really kind of branching out past the UK. I think this is about the time frame where it really hit the US hard. Uh, like Matt Smith's time seems to have been more popular in the US than it, it was during David Tennant's time and, mm. and continuing on till today. Yeah. But at the same time, the the narration at the beginning where she says, My name is Amy Pond. And you know, when I was a child, I had an imaginary friend. And then when I grew up, he came back and all this kind of that is also catching people up kind of kind of thing so we've got a new doctor new showrunner new international reach and flair so they're gonna do the soap opera thing of catching people up and repairs all the stuff that's been happening lately yeah Yeah, because you can't just go back 50 years of doctor who Uh, (laughs) so that kind of thing was happening so that, that was really all the miscellaneous trivia there is like i said a meanwhile in the tardis part two which i think comes between episodes three and four I'll have to double check on that. Mm-hmm. So I will, uh, I'll try and do my best to uh, shoot out a link to that video before we get to that one uh, on the yeah. Facebook page so that if you're watching along with us, you can, you can watch that. Cause I did, I noticed it as we, like we were 30 seconds into this episode. Yeah. We're like, and I was, wait a minute. And I was skimming through the notes and I went, Oh, wait a minute. There's this thing. And actually I had never seen it before. Oh yeah. So I realized that was one of those things that was on the DVD release. And so I had never actually uh, seen it. So there's a couple of these uh, mini-sodes during Matt Smith and, and Karen Gillan's time. There's a couple of these little things. Some of them I saw. Some of them uh, some of them are on Amazon Prime, and some of them are not. 
So I have seen some of them and then I haven't seen others of them. And when we get to those, I'll try and do my best to, to shoot that information out ahead of time, maybe even, you know, at the end of the episode or something like that. So, uh, but I did think it was funny to have Amy uh, do all of the, uh, <laughs> first of all, I love that she kept coming back to the bow tie. Yeah, <laughs> she was like, you know, why does it the air leak out? If it's a wooden box, do you feel stupid? I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the bow tie again. You know, <laughs> Did she say something like, who hurt you or something? Just <gasps> referencing the bow tie. Is that what so, she said? I think she you? did at one point. What does that mean? It was amazing. I have no idea. She really just... Uh, was, Are bow ties just bow that tie. weird? That, <laughs> What's wrong with bow ties? I mean, they're kind of generally cool. associated with like nerdy professor types. What's wrong with bow ties? Bow ties are cool. That's right. Yeah. There you Both go. Eyes so, are cool. uh, for the cast this time, just the, the one big one of note was Liz Tin, Elizabeth the Tenth, uh, played by Sophie, I'm probably going to say this wrong, Okonito. Uh, she was in uh, Hotel Rwanda. And uh, interestingly, for, for what we might know her from, maybe, not really, uh, Christopher Robin, the new uh, Winnie the Pooh movie, which Live I fell asleep one. for twice. You did? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> With grown-up Christopher Robin? Uh, yes, Christopher you, Robin as a grown-up. You really hated that movie then, didn't you? Um, Imminently forgettable? I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say I hated it, because that would mean I cared at all. <laughs> I, think, I think I just I was sitting there we had we did we do pizza in a movie night a couple times a month and this was our movie for that particular uh, Friday night and I was rec- kicked back in my recliner belly full of pizza I had pizza belly and uh, just, you probably had the dog with you too didn't you yeah yeah I don't I don't think so mm-hmm. but but needless to say I fell asleep during the movie woke up during the movie. I was like, what just happened? Fell back asleep again. So That's uh, how bad the movie. So at any rate. The movie was amazing. What are you talking about? <laughs> Liz Tin uh, was the voice of Kanga. So y'all know Kanga and Rue. She was the voice of Kanga. Uh, so I anyway. see what you did there. <laughs> what did I? Kangaroo. Kanga and Rue. Just like Piglet and whatnot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all, they're all pretty simply named. Tigger. Owl. And <laughs> yes, and Tigger and Rabbit. <laughs> Um, Rabbit. <laughs> Eeyore and Winnie, or Winnie the Pooh, are the only ones that are not just named what they are. Uh, so pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do love the the sort of um, master blaster relationship of Kanga and Rue, where like mm-hmm. they're not they they have to be together to make any sense. <laughs> All right. So the uh, the checklist, the creature of the week. You know what? I put creature of the week and I put space whale, but there was also before the space whale. What was there, guys? The smilers. Oh, the smilers. The smilers. Yeah. It's not terrifying. Especially uh, when they um, turn to demon mode. We were looking at the uh, yeah. oh yeah the uh, the X ray and we yeah. saw it and we're like oh what is this and we accidentally went up into the X ray and we got a good look at what their face looked like and we're like holy crap yeah. what is that thing? <laughs> looks like a meme or something where they just so we we continue to have issues with um spoilers when we pause amazon prime because it's like the here's amazon the prime. baddie of the week in the x-ray <laughs> yeah well, well thanks a that, lot i i i don't know i meant to ask you early on in the episode you assumed because you saw a woman with curly hair that it was going to be and curly red hair river, and like oh river, is that river song, song? Yeah, and, and and I was like, you know, that would Could be amazing. Be. Yeah, like uh-huh. uh, that would be that would totally. And then she picked up a mask and put it on. And it's so like, like, it's obviously River Song. Yeah, so I was like, this is definitely confirming Cor- Corbin's theory. But then, did and you at any point song. pause it before you realized who? Before she said who she was? I don't think so. So it didn't get spoiled for you, okay? Or, so, no, okay. I saw the Liz Tin, and I'm like, but that code didn't make name any sense. is obvious, right? And Liz Tin. Code name. So it was still River Song. Yeah. yeah. Code name River Song. Liz Tin. Like, okay. How does Liz Tin turn into River Song? Got to figure this out. <laughs> it doesn't. It turns into a Almost as though River Song is like she's got like a secret identity, and we don't know who she actually is. So she's yeah. wearing a mask, and yeah. yeah, that would be interesting. No, that was so, not the case at all. <laughs> do what? Too bad. No, that was not the case. That was. <laughs> that was <laughs> it's like, come on! Why uh, couldn't you have been River Song? So the smile. Still, how did we not figure out? Like, we never figured out how Liz Ten knew the Doctor, did we? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's true. The, whole, the whole thing was, so she's Queen Elizabeth the Tenth. Yeah. And 
she kind of there's like a walk and talk bit where they're they're cruising through a hallway and she kind of explains that essentially the doctor has had all these run-ins with royalty over the years oh. especially elizabeth's apparently yes so. Eli- yeah i think she said elizabeth and elizabeth the second uh hung out with you know henry the eighth or something like that and so she said i grew up hearing the stories so we've already seen him interact with the queen uh, a couple what, of victoria times. right yeah. That was the one yeah. that kept saying Rose was naked. A few queens, Victoria, right? Is yeah. Quite a few. So Victoria was the one who made Torchwood and like declared the doctor an enemy of the state and all this kind of crap. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then you have him interacting. And remember- Current day queen. Uh, or was that the queen or was that someone else? I don't mm. remember. Some Which big one? royalty. Uh, in uh, the Titanic episode, uh-huh. I think- he saved the queen from getting crushed in her palace by the giant Titanic or yes. something. Yeah, that was Elizabeth. Mm, yeah, and she yeah. clearly knew who he was. The current so. actual queen. Uh, then we had the episode recently where Tennant uh, parked the TARDIS in the garden at Buckingham Palace or something yeah. like that. Like it was no big deal. You know? <laughs> what is this that we found in the garden? Ah, the queen will know. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So... Uh, so she it, she says Trip that she grew up hearing the stories. Mm. So she, and she read all of his files or something like that. So yeah, because mm. so obviously the doctor has so many different files on who he is. Mm-hmm, yeah. Just everyone is trying to figure out who he is all the time. Clyde, conspiracy. You see the a first police episode. box. Clive. What do you do? Clive. You walk Clive. past it. Clyde this makes is not more sense. Case. Why was his name Clive? <laughs> yeah. So at any rate, back to the creatures of the week. So we had the the smilers who were terrifying clockwork android mm-hmm. types, kind of like the the girl in the fireplace. And they could also be half human, half smilers. Yeah, oh, yeah that was Some that was weird. So those things like, just kept getting creepier. Like when the head when the head turns around to a frowny, frowny face, it's like what? That's creepy. And then and when then it, turns it turns around, around again to red eyed, sharp pointed teeth, like yeah. yeah, well, it turns around again to reveal what should be the smiling face again, it's a demon. But it's a third That's face a that yes looks like face. Satan's hand puppet. They must be fourth dimensional. <laughs> yeah, and then at, towards the end, when the doctor's like, "Ah, they're behind glass. What are they going to do?" And then the door opens <laughs> and they stand up. Hello. Like, oh, okay. They can totally walk now. They can so. do that. Oh, yeah. And then That's you why have, nobody gets close to them. You have human wearing cloaks walking around and you're like i wonder why they wear cloaks must be government people that are in on the conspiracy no they're uh smilers half human half smiler that's oh freaky. yeah they, they were called the winders oh oh they were because they, they had a little winding i thought that was just key. the people that worked for her not the half smilers half oh, humans know. in particular well, oh, okay yeah, yeah 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 so the, the the like monk people that had the little thing hanging around their neck that was a Which winder was a key. key to wind mm-hmm. up the smilers so again, oh, clockwork, fine. and uh, so yeah, just, just, fine. just, really terrifying little creatures. Mm. Ones that are disturbing for no real reason. Just <laughs> yeah. Disturbing. And then we also had, as far as creature of the week, we also had the space whale that we didn't truly get to see from the outside, at least until the very end of the episode. Yeah. When it turns out, uh, the bottom of this thing is actually hollow, and there's a giant whale underneath of it. And that's and also, crazy. did they just like rip off part of his head to uncover his brain? Yeah, totally. Uh, apparently. Well, you'll also and notice they injected a tube straight alive. into his mouth, so that's another thing. True. But yeah, his mouth was, and his mouth is connected to the ship in some way that when he vomits them up, they are back in yeah, the that, ship. That didn't the, seem real because when we is, see the space whale at the end, his mouth his is clearly, clearly facing out. straight into space. Right. So Unless he, he pukes vomited, out his blowhole or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how the whale anatomy works at all, but I mean, uh, space whales. What are I mean, you going to do? It's a space whale. You <laughs> never know space where ghosts, the mouse is. Space vampires. No, it's space uh, whales. Space whales. The most deadly of monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the last of its kind. Shrimp. <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to my brain has been tumbling over uh spews it out the blowhole was was my favorite uh nineties screamo punk band, actually. So I'm <laughs> tumbling that over. <laughs> Anyways. Uh so oh we had a uh, we had a Geronimo. So two, right? One of the uh, two. Two. Was it two? No. I only caught one. No, it was only no, one. It was only one. Yeah. Right, it was only one. So this is <laughs> I love the line. This isn't going to be big on dignity. You know, he's they're Pukes getting ready to be vomited it up and vomited. Vomited. So that brings our uh, running count up to three. We're covered so. in sick. I hate words like that, vomited and 
other words where it's itted and makes it really hard to say. You vomited it. Because it's so easy. Yeah, it's so easy to just say it too many times. So under Jiggery Pokery, we've got we've got a new Sonic that we only briefly saw at the end of the last episode, but this time we got to see it in action. It's green. It opens. Yep. It's got a little claw thing on the top that goes, and I love his little flick his little wrist flick motion. So you'll see him do this a lot. He'll go and scan something and then he'll go and then look at it. And I love this great acting on the part of Matt Smith because he is staring at just a metal barrel, a hand <laughs> nothing of nothing, but he will look at it like he's looking at a tricorder on Star Trek. You know, he's like shink and he looks at it and he goes, which, Oh yes, it's a space whale or the tricorders are about as useful at displaying information as the sonic screwdriver anyway. This is true. Because they're yeah. tiny little flip phone looking things that they <laughs> flip open and it's like, yes, I can clearly see what's happening on this tricorder right here. <laughs> hilarious. Uh, so let's see. He also used the sonic to make the supersonic vibrations of the star whale uh, audible to humans. I was so confused that by this statement make... at first yeah. when I wrote it in the notes. Uh, yeah, or when he the said... way you wrote it and the way he said it, what I thought was happening was the supersonic sounds that the sonic was emitting wasn't normally able to be heard by humans, oh. but he was making it so they could. Oh. And actually, it was uh, something about the whale, and I was just beyond so you confused. you thought that the sonic screwdriver is constantly emitting a sound that sounds like a tortured space whale? I didn't. I couldn't tell what that, that what sound was. <laughs> Could you? Did, yes, did you hear that and think? Clearly, the sound of a tortured space whale. Well, my bad. Clearly, oh, the sound yeah. of a tortured space whale. <laughs> did you even take second grade science? <laughs> I mean, I learned about everything whales. about giant space whales. Oh, you know what? I put I put space whale. It was called a star whale, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, star whale. I put yeah. space whale. In Dad, the do you learn this? Dad, in we've first been calling grade. it wrong this whole time. I have. It's All your right. fault. All right. Stop the recording. Start over. <laughs> Start right. over. So uh, the TARDIS. Um, oh, just towards the very end under Jiggery Pokery and, and features of the TARDIS, he got a call from Winston Churchill. Interesting. So, uh, he, first of all, A, he got a phone call. I mean, the last time he got a phone call on the police box, he's like, this phone isn't supposed to ring. That was What's the phone on the outside. Here? That was the phone on the outside. Yeah, that yeah. was the phone on the outside. Even still. And then he, uh, he so he got a call from the terminal, uh, the, 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 the uh, control room uh, phone, and it was Winston Churchill. And I love, I love when... She says, I'm sorry, who is it? And she says, it's the prime minister. And he says, which one? She says, which one? Uh, the British one. And he's like, which British prime minister? And, you know, it's like he wanted to go. I've known so many. Time traveler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, like he has deposed prime ministers as we saw with, uh, oh, crap. What's her name? She says it every time. What's her name? See, this is why she says it all no! the time. Because she says it all the time yes, and we I know forget anyways. Uh, Jared right now is, is screaming into his iPhone. Uh, <laughs> Don't you mean uh, like ancient stone wheel or something? <laughs> <laughs> ancient stone wheel. <laughs> He's screaming into his wax cylinder. <laughs> oh, you know what? So under TARDIS, uh, this didn't happen in the episode. It happened in the uh, meanwhile in the TARDIS minisode. So you got to go back and watch it. There is a fantastic explanation of the chameleon circuit, even though he didn't mm -hmm. reference the actual chameleon circuit. Did y'all catch that? It was kind of like... I mean, know. I don't remember exactly what he said. But. She was saying, why does it look like a police box? Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, this is brilliant. Whenever I land anywhere, within the first nanosecond, it does a full scan of the entire planet, all of the surroundings, does a 12th dimensional tra you know, trajectory of the best possible appearance for it to blend in the you know the best so that it's totally unrecognizable and then it turns it into a police box <laughs> see i love this because this is actually saying it's not that it's broken and is stuck as a tardis but it's broken in such a way that every time it lands it chooses the tardis Look. So it's possible to change stuck as a police box. I didn't even think about that. It, it just does, chooses police box. It does box? change in the first nanosecond. It changes appearance every single time. Into a police box. But it changes box. into the same exact police box. Which is hilarious. Also, it makes it make a little bit more sense when it fixes itself and it's a different looking police box. That's true. That's yeah, true. Yeah. But, so the chameleon circuit is broken in such a way that it will always look like 
some very similar version of a police box that will change <laughs> over the decades, but will still nonetheless be a TARDIS blue police box. Yeah, Even when oh, it explodes me. and rebuilds itself, yeah. it's that's still right. a police a box. That's correct. That's right. It's uh, still going to be it, a police box. It can completely repair itself, but not the chameleon circuit. That's kind of weird, don't you think? Oh, that's true. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> it completely rebuilt its interior. Uh, but can't seem to fix that chameleon Maybe circuit. it just doesn't think there's anything wrong with the chameleon circuit. Ah, well, you know, we do we do, you know, seem to know that it's got some sort of will to it. Mm-hmm. So He also made another statement in that mini episode about how he expanded the air bubble to like twenty Ten feet outside feet the TARDIS yeah. or something like that. So Yeah, so that's another thing, thing it can do apparently. Uh, oh, have we not seen that before? No. Have we I not seen them so. stand at the open doors of the TARDIS before? Well, they've no, stood have, at it, but they've been Inside, so it's ah. like the air bubble yeah. is okay, there. but she was actually floating outside uh-huh. of it. Yeah, yeah. He's like, so neat. don't float too far; you might just die. Yeah, if you <laughs> go outside of the shell. But so, so he expanded the air shell, but apparently not whatever it is that generates gravity inside the target. <laughs> oh yeah. So she could float around in space and still breathe. So that that's that's fun and stuff. And the uh, the air doesn't disperse without gravity. Why? We'll never know. Uh, who knows. It's it's uh it's it's some TV show. It's an air totally bubble. So, the bubble can't move. All right, yeah. so we didn't get any real good jibberty jabberty. Uh, there's a few little things, but they're uh, the time <laughs> what warp. Was that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't anything worth <laughs> stopping and writing down. The time war. Um, he got we got a little mention there. Okay, so we've got a new companion, and again, we've got new viewers watching the show, uh, but the we don't get a direct mention of the time war. What we get is, what what was it that brought it up? Amy said something about. Uh, it was about. Are there more? Oh, she forgot. It's when she whatever. realizes that he's an alien, uh-huh. and he says, um, "She says, so are there more of you? You know, he says, I'm, I'm a time lord, and she says, oh, a time lord. So are there are there others like you? And he says, basically, you know, there were, but not anymore. That whole thing. She's like, why? He says, there was a bad day. Bad stuff happened, and I'd love to forget it. Sand so that's doctor. that sums up <laughs> yeah, the whole right? doctor's story. <laughs> that's how you sum up. The you story just summed arc. up nine as eleven. Congratulations! <laughs> <laughs> there was a bad day. Bad stuff happened, and I'd love to forget it. So uh, we didn't get any mention of the Pandorica or Silence this this go round, but there was a crack on the shell of the Star Whale. Oh. Oh, oh, that's oh. What the I was crack like, was. oh, there's a crack on the thing. I guess it's gonna break at some point. And I didn't even think about the crack from oh, last you episode. It was yeah. like, I was, I was like, it, oh, there's a crack I... that might be important later. Like they might, they might meet it, and it's like slowly crumbling because there's a crack on it. I oh, that's what I thought it was too. Very big brain. See, I thought it was just like, oh, it's it's getting old and it's falling apart. I'm very. Smart. No, I thought it was because she pressed the yeah. button, it started to crack a bit because the <laughs> uh, guy wanted. The whale wanted to get out, but then it realized... That <laughs> you know, it's getting old. There's empty space behind it. That's why there's a glowing crack in the side of it. It all makes sense. Yeah, it's it makes fine. sense. You know, the whale probably is glowing. That makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, that was the crack. Okay. Oh, okay. I see. Well, that's funny because when it, when it came on screen, I looked at y'all and was like, eh? Eh? And y'all kind of like, eh? I'm and like, then, eh? That's going to be important later. More important than I thought. <laughs> it's because I didn't realize the crack was going to be oh. very, very prominent and something that was important either. and would show up later a lot and whatnot and whatnot. So I I'm thought like, we had a whole conversation about this, I thought. No, we didn't. Oh, okay. Come, I mean, we did. I just, I I just didn't whole... think there would be several cracks everywhere that we were supposed to look out for. No, I think but the idea is that that's the Can you blame us? Crack. A normal viewer wouldn't have noticed that. They would have been like, yeah, no, no, yeah, no. there's a crack. I'm right? trying to think. I'm trying to think. So it was in her wall. And then it was on his the, his monitor. Yeah. But that's all we've seen of it, huh? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the crack I, on the monitor was just a picture of I it. I had to point that one out. It wasn't even a picture of the crack. It was a it was like a, a radio wave form. I assumed that but the crack it was dipping down like the crack. I was assuming yeah. the crack on the ship was the same crack in her wall. They would just so happen to be at the same exact spot. I thought that's what it was. <laughs> huh? Like Say the exact no, no, because the Earth exploded or whatever. They're not even near. Didn't Earth. explode. The Earth exploded. Oh, no, it got the, heated the, up yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It got sun, bombarded sun by bombarded. solar. So no, fans. it wasn't even at the same place. I was, I was thinking that it was the same crack. 
Like, they just happened to be at that exact point in space. But no, because they left Earth intentionally. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. So that would have been way that, too big. That was where her house used to be or something like yeah. that. Yeah. No, that would have been way too big. Because the doctor said, well, that's true. Um, but yeah, uh, the yeah. doctor said the crack isn't actually in the wall. If you took the wall down, the crack would still be there. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Corbin, your your uh, Why is it always on the surface? On the checklist is up. Mm-hmm. Uh, existential horror. One of the first things um, Amy Pond says when she walks out of the box is like, what year is it or whatever? It's like, whatever the year. And she's like, I've been dead for years. I'm like, happy it's thoughts like, all around, isn't that, it's Amy? It's like, Amy Pond, 1,408 years old. <laughs> so yeah. apparently she survived and went on this ship instead of a different ship for some reason. So yeah. who knows? Uh, didn't the doctor, the doctor said, uh, oh, good, you're a cheery one. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I've been dead for, for centuries or years or whatever. And he's like, oh, good, a cheery one. So, you know, they're getting to know each other. And that brings us to who's who. So we'll start out, uh, who is the doctor? Uh, we had quite a, quite a bit on both of these. Who is the doctor and who is Amelia? So uh, the doctor says, <laughs> this is very important to Amelia. We are observers only. I never get involved in other people's affairs. Clearly never get involved ever. Yeah, and he actually says involved in the affairs of other people's or planets. Uh, so, yeah, right. You know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, let's see. Um, he You're says, constantly in the affairs of the entire Earth at a uh-huh. single time. Yeah, or universe. I mean, just like yeah. anywhere he goes. Only it's when like, it's not supposed to happen. That's right. Uh, let's see. He, <laughs> he always stays out crying. of trouble. Badly. Badly. Uh, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I, I love that line. It's like, of course I stay out of trouble, just not very well. That's right. That's right. Uh, let's see. He, oh, we had the uh, we had that exchange of uh, Amelia says, "You look human," and, and he says, "No, you look time lord. We came first." Hasn't every he said that to like every? He companion, said that for yeah. I think, like, uh, almost except every, for Martha. He's only really said that before. We had this conversation point. before, and I couldn't remember how many he times we heard it before. To everybody except for Martha, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Who knows? Sounds Martha. good. <laughs> you know, somewhere out there, there's a professional podcast with, with at least three hosts on it and that has spent facts. three years talking about Doctor Who that would know this type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Surely there's one out there. All right. Surely. Uh, it's not see. us. <laughs> uh, let's, he says he's going to euthanize the star whale and then he'll need a new name. So... That's kind of rough. Sad doctor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, so can you call yourself the doctor if you have to kill the whale? Yeah, yes. I mean that's that, and that's his point. And and so like d- dramatic turn. Like, all right, brand new companion, gonna get rid of her, right? Yep. And then I'm going to kill a star whale, and then I've got to go change my name. So like, okay, well, I guess <laughs> that's the end Sad of the eleventh doctor. doctor. That's the end of Doctor Who. You know, like, well, all this let's just throw stuff. away life now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, just get rid of all. Big sad. That also, I love um, Amelia Pond has been with the Doctor on a single adventure, but she knows him so well that she knows. Oh, if he sees this and knows that he has to make the choice between a star whale and the entire mm-hmm. human race or whatever, he's going. To be in an impossible situation, like there's no way she would know that. Absolutely right. no yeah. way. So, so that brings me to what? Well, my next one was nobody human has anything to say to me right now. That was amazing. And then he says, uh, "Let's see." Amy says, "Of the star whale, but also of the doctor. He's very old, very kind, and the last of his kind. He can't just watch children cry." All right. Now uh-huh. you see. say, you say. Amelia has known him for one adventure, and so obviously she knows him well enough. All right, how did she meet him? Uh, when did? What were the circumstances of her meeting him? She was praying to Santa Claus for a policeman. <laughs> First and of all, she fell in the sky, and she was a child who was scared. Yep. Mm. And someone fell from the sky oh, I to, save her. to take care of her. Makes that line. Uh, oh, what was it? Uh, you don't mess with people's affairs unless it's a crying child. I'm like, eh, I see how it that's is. Her whole, that's her whole point, is that just like the star whale heard the cries of the children, and just like the doctor heard, saw the crying child on Space Britain or whatever, uh, you know, there's that, that beautiful parallel there. So, uh, uh, Speaking of crying child, um, so at the beginning, the girl is crying, and it's like, Oh, that's probably because she lost her friend. He's going down below or whatever. 
Right. And then we see him later, and he's seemingly acting weird. She's like, yeah, yeah you remember me, right? And then he just looks behind her, some big tentacle thing, like, oh, hello, little child. And, and then they start nothing happens with, with that kid at all. Yeah. Like, it's like, it almost seems like we he got... Do see him again? No. No, it's no like, we don't see either of It almost seems like he weirdly got brainwashed, right? And he's yeah. like, he doesn't remember. Yeah. And then, but then it seems like, no, he was just distracted by the giant like pincer looking tentacle that was seemingly about to kill her and didn't and then nothing got wrapped up with that kid or the other girl that was like so worried about him and like nothing happens it was so weird i just don't get it dangling dangling plot thread there yep uh lastly under who is the doctor he says every tomorrow is a big day uh you know he says tomorrow's the big day and and amy's like what you know and she's thinking (laughs) of uh you know, the wedding. tomorrow, like, a long, long time ago. How do you know ago. about the wedding? Yeah, huh? the wedding. And he says, <laughs> what was it a long, long time ago? Tomorrow, tomorrow morning. morning. Yeah. <laughs> he says, every tomorrow is a big day. I've got a time machine. I skip over the little ones. I thought that was brilliant. Uh, actually, and I think it, the time machine skips over the little ones for sure, you. Sure. Because uh, have you ever had a normal, relaxing adventure? Even your normal, relaxing <laughs> adventure to the planet midnight is just right. completely train wrecked by... Right the midnight creature well and it kind of answers the question of like you know what happens to the enterprise on like how come we never see an episode of the inter uh, of, of star trek where the enterprise has nothing exciting happen because that'd be boring right that's the answer they did it? a yeah. few episodes of like that didn't they <laughs> or uh yeah there's a few you know stuff like data i mean day you and, have to do at least one because otherwise people would be like hey eh, it doesn't make any sense they never have a normal day and then you do it and they're like this is so boring yeah, right, right. And, and then you don't have to do it ever right. again. So fine. I love that, you know, on Star Trek, you have to say uh, that this one ship has like more casualties, more anomaly encounters. Somebody, somebody asked in a Facebook group I'm in the other day, uh, does anybody know how many times the Enterprise D ran into a weird anomaly? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even count. Like <laughs> every other episode, at least. Right. I mean, there's probably one of those per season at the absolute oh, minimum. And, like, yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. A couple per season. Yeah. Such a weird anomaly. I don't know is, what's happening. You know, so you have to say this is a remarkable ship in Starfleet that it's constantly running into crap like you this. know what it is? Doctor Who, you get to bounce right around that and say, that's eh, a time machine, so we just skip over the boring days. Yeah. 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 So uh, what it is, they um they can move faster than light, but they're information can't so it may be an anomaly for them but other people have encountered it and that's how you explain it all away it's not they encounter an anomaly every day it's just for them all right so they they skip over the little ones and that that uh, wraps up the doctor but who is amelia so we get her on her uh oh, we kind of already mentioned this her, her very first adventure she realizes i'm in the future and then immediately goes i've been dead for centuries so <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just so happy and excited, aren't you? The Wikia pointed out that Rose had a similar reaction, saying, my mom has been dead for billions of years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and so then she called her. Existential horror moment. Amy doesn't have a mom, her. though. Yeah, and that's when we had our first jiggery-pokery right there, was when he souped up the phone. So <laughs> He said it himself. I was a master of jiggery-pokery. <laughs> that's right. That's where we came up with it. Jibberty-jabberty, yeah, I think we made up. Yeah, we definitely made up jibberty-jabberty. <laughs> Uh, she she can choose between blind adventure or Ledworth, and it turns out it's not even a choice. You know, the <laughs> doctor's like, go talk to the little girl, find out why everyone's scared of the what fa- is you know the smilers. Ledworth is that the, the town, town she was in? Yeah, that's well, where the I mean, first she's getting was. married the next day. So right, adventure or Ledworth, they're both kind of an adventure. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah but yeah. I mean, obviously, we see that she's a little hesitant about the whole wedding. Nervous. Thing, you know? We Remember, still don't know who she's getting married to. Okay, so she, sad. she says to the little girl, she says, I'm getting married tomorrow. And she's like, married? And she's like, well, sort of. Or something <laughs> like that. She's like, yeah, kind of. I'm kind of getting married tomorrow. It's like, what? What does that mean? You're kind of getting married tomorrow. Like, you either are or you aren't. Like, yeah. You have two states in marriage. It's aren't or are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see how this works. <laughs> there is no kind of. Uh, so let's see. Uh, oh, she she says that she never could resist a keep out sign. Corbin <laughs> pointed that one out. I, I, I completely missed that one. I think I was writing down another note. And she said uh, she never Just could resist Just like a the doctor. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, these are the qualities of a good companion. Yeah. yeah. They're basically exactly like the doctor. And 
In every it, single possible As far as adventuring goes, they're exactly like the Doctor, and then bam, good companion. There you go. Yay! Uh, so let's see. Oh, yeah. All right. So we've kind of mentioned this. She's getting married. It's funny how things slip your mind. So that was the other thing, is not only is she kind of getting married, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm getting married. Mm. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, I forgot and about that. She, she sa- uh, the little girl says, when? She says, it's a long time ago, tomorrow morning. You know, And the girl uh, doesn't even... What? Yeah, the girl doesn't have any reaction to that whatsoever. Just completely unflinched by, you know, it'll, a long time ago, tomorrow morning. Those two don't go together in a sentence. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so maybe time of travel exists by now. Oh, maybe it's commonplace, yeah. Yeah, Uh, She made the decision to keep information from the doctor. She decided Mm. on her own to choose to forget because she knew that if the doctor knew, the doctor would feel the same way about it that she does, but he would be able to do something about it, and she wants to try and and avoid that, spare him from that. Because she knows him so well and knows he would be in an impossible decision-making scenario. And this isn't just the doctor's words. She said it herself in mm-hmm. the video, so I don't get it, but okay. Right. So the doctor decides, well, that's it. That's it for you. Uh, I'm going to take you back home as soon as we're done here. Uh-huh. I'm done with you. No one human has anything to say to me. <laughs> and then just sort of at the very end, they they give each other a big hug, and she kind of whispers in his ear, gotcha. You know, like, <laughs> I got your back. I'm with you. I gotcha. So no, I think a, she said that because earlier he said got ya. Did he? Yeah, he did. Oh, he did. Oh, you are brilliant. When? When he pulled her back into the TARDIS. Yeah. Ah. He said gotcha. Oh. Oh, you are so smart. Well, that is mm-hmm. <laughs> so much more Nobody connection than just I got I your back. I did not back. catch that at all. <laughs> <clears throat> Me neither. I didn't notice that. I did not catch that at all. Okay. All right. Very cool. Congratulations, Trip. <laughs> <laughs> on a on a well-placed observation. Guys, uh, Noobs in the Whovian is brought to you by listeners like you. If you find value in what we're doing here, if we help you to enjoy your enjoyment even more, make your enjoyment even more enjoyable while you're enjoying it, then we just ask for uh, you to give a little bit of value back. Go to patreon.com slash noobsandthewhovian. You can start with as little as a dollar a month. Uh, you, we have, uh, let's see, for a dollar a month, we have currently, it is still set at Wilf. I need to go update this. Uh, $5 a month is Donna, and you'll be one of our companions, or $12 a month makes you a hosting host, and that is not like the cap, by the way. Those are the three levels that we have, but you can feel free to uh, to go even beyond that. And so we do have uh, some new, uh, uh, excuse me, we have three patrons currently, so we'd love for you to jump on board and become a supporting patron of uh, family-friendly independent media today. Guys, um, we didn't really have a can we talk about segment mm, nah. lined up. Nothing's come up that we really wanted to hit on. Yeah. So, mm. huh? Do you have something? No. Oh, okay. No, you like you like had your hands together, like yes, <laughs> my time has come. Excellent. Right. Time to launch a surprise upon them. <laughs> All right. So that brings us to our classic Who connection. So we're gonna we're gonna check in with poor Jared, who has been terrified and terrorized out of his wits and see how he's doing. And we can so. listen to him live now, so we can actually comment I was just getting ready to say, we, yeah. we got our headphone situation fixed. Uh, Jared has been poking me and prodding me about it, like, hey, uh, so what exactly is it that you bums got to do in order to be able to... He doesn't sound like that. He really doesn't sound like that. Y'all know what y'all, y'all listen to him every episode. Y'all know what he sounds like. So, so at any rate, we, we may or may not uh, be able to jump in live here rather than just commenting at the end. So let's see how he's doing. Hello, noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared, and I'm fresh back from therapy. <laughs> I'm taking it day by day right now, but I can function once again. I can commit myself to a normal routine, and I am proud to say that I am no longer seeing Sink. five-foot shadows out of the corner of my eye whispering in the background. So, Trip said, joke's on you, Jared. I'm not even five Sink. feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also glad to hear I'm that he's committed that himself one, to normal day, normal everyday activities rather than committed to an asylum. I think <laughs> I'm going to pull through this one, and I can bring you once again your classic Who connections for the 11th Doctor's The Beast Below. But to start, I want to cover some questions you had from the last episode. Uh, first of all, yes. And the second answer is no. No, sorry. Firstly, 
<laughs> Does Madman in a Box describe pretty much all of the Eleventh Doctor's uh, escapades episodes? Yes, I do agree with you. And the Doctor's new face, uh, because you brought you you asked about when the Doctor says, "Do I just have a face that nobody listens to again?" And is that a reference to classic Who? You know, I, I I'd say yes and maybe not. Honestly, I couldn't find a definitive answer. You'd think that there would be some talk on that out there. Some things came to yeah, mind on my own, but you you just you would think that if you search for it, there's there would be more information out there. So here's what I did find. A lot of people referencing it, liking it as a meme and making a gif out of it and all that sort of stuff, but there's really no I, I can't let that slide. It's pronounced gif. It's, no, no, it's no a one's GIF. saying anything about it uh, specifically. Someone said there's a YouTube clip of it, and in the comments, someone said that it's referring to the fifth doctor, but gave nothing to back that up, and I couldn't find anything where he says that line or makes that a big point or something like that saying it, or maybe because it's season five, maybe it was a typo. But what I do remember is the fourth doctor says a lot, are you listening to me? It's not really used enough that you can really call it a catchphrase, but he does say it a number of times. And so that might be the reference there. Um, or it could just be the reference that so many people don't listen to the doctor. How many times does he tell unit how to take out a Dalek and aim for the eye stock and no one aims for the eye stock? How many times does he talk to so many people that just end up getting in the way because they don't listen to him? Uh, even his companions, whom he tells not to uh, get into trouble, not you know maybe not to follow him or something, not to wander off, and they all do it. And so maybe it's just that. Uh, I don't really know. It may, maybe it's just a reference to Martha because poor Martha. We blame everything on her. <laughs> I, you know, again, I don't have a, a definitive answer for you, but that's as much as I could find. So if there are listeners out there who have a better answer... I would love to hear it. Okay, with that, let's get into the episode. The Beast Below. First off, the whole premise of why they're sailing off into space is that the Earth has been destroyed by solar flares. This is the same premise that they used in the classic Who serials, the Ark in Space and the Centaurin Experiment, which is actually it's one long story. It's two different serials uh, from one long continued story. And the idea is that the Ark in space is a giant spaceship that has left Earth because the solar flares have made it uninhabitable. Uh, but in this case, Earth is not destroyed. They're planning to return to Earth because the solar flares are going to purge it and sort of do a restart for it. So that's their thinking. But the, the main idea, though, that they're off in a big ship to escape the Earth because of solar flares is the same premise for those two stories. And back in the Ark in space, the fourth doctor deduced that they were on a spaceship because he could feel the vibrations of the motors on the ground. Uh, even though they were out in forests and in giant buildings and things, and it looked like a, a regular Earth-type setting, he figured out that they were on a ship uh, because of the vibrations, obviously, in this, so it's like the opposite of yeah. this one. It's, yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting. In this case, he knew they were on a ship, but it was funny because there were no vibrations. So, huh. uh, but still, kind of looking for the same reasoning there. So then, the Doctor in- encounters Liz Ten in this story, uh, of course, who's Queen Elizabeth the Tenth, and she talks about the time, to- all the times that the Doctor has met the different monarchs throughout history. So she covers a number that we've seen in New Who, but in Classic Who, she talks about how he was, the Doctor was a drinking buddy with Henry VII and met Elizabeth II over tea and scones in The Silver Nemesis. And our new companion, Amy, she was amused when she saw that she was identified by the computer as being 1,306 years old. Back with the first Doctor, with Barbara and Chesterton, we have a series called The Rescue, and Barbara reveals when they left Earth. She says it's 1963, and this 
there are, of course, a number of years in the future and talking with the with the woman, Victoria, there. And she's surprised by this and says, well, you must be about 550 years old. <laughs> and Barbara is quite uh, taken aback by this, uh, m- maybe slightly, um, maybe offended isn't the right word, but she's not really thrilled to think about it this way and hear that. And Chesterton thinks it's hilarious. He's just cracking <laughs> up the entire time. So we have a... Those are, I think, the only two instances where you look at the companions' ages as they're uh, traveling through time very definitively there. And finally, the Time Lords were first. We've covered this already. We, we know about this with, uh, you know, you look human, you look Time Lord. Uh, but the just to make sure, in case we haven't specifically mentioned this, in the two serials, The Genesis of the Daleks and The Trial of a Time Lord, the Doctor mentions, this is in Classic Who, the Doctor mentions that Time Lords came before humans. So uh, I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was, in, I, I loved the fact that Amy helped out uh, in the end and, and helped save the day. It wasn't just the Doctor. It was, an, it was a fun mystery to figure out what was going on. And, and uh, I, I remember watching the first time and, and trying to, figure out, okay, what's the big secret? What's what's happening here that they're trying to cover up? And so, but at the same time, uh, it's it's not one of my favorites. Uh, when when this one started, uh, when I started watching this again for the for the podcast here, I was like, oh, what, what happens in this one? Uh, so fun one, not my top. So I'm, I'm going to give it a 7.5. And uh, the creep level, not terribly creepy, but the, the smileys... It, even their smiley faces were pretty creepy. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so, and, and I know this isn't scary creepy, but uh, being covered in space whale vomit, that's not something that's, that's a little creepish to me. That, that, that adds a creep factor there. <laughs> and, and finally, the totalitarian government that just feeds you to the whale if you don't cooperate. <laughs> yeah, not a fan of that. A little creeped out by that. Uh, you know, always. Always creeped out by the government getting too much control there. So, so that brings me to a score of 220 creep levels there. So, thank you as always to the TARDIS Wikia for help with this one. Uh, I, I did a little bit of research on Wikipedia also, and thank you to Noobs in the Whovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who connections next time. Awesome, man! Jared did some uh, some digging. Mm, yeah. uh, went out and searching YouTube and YouTube comments. Yeah. So uh, that's roughly the internet equivalent of being vomited up by a star whale, actually. <laughs> Looking at the YouTube, YouTube comments. comments. Yeah. yeah uh, as the doctor said, this is not going to be big on dignity. So, <laughs> so we appreciate you taking one for the team. So that brings us to our overall ratings and creep levels. Uh, Cor- Corbin, you want to start us off? Uh, I thought this was a really solid episode, and I really did enjoy it. There was a lot of really fun moments throughout the episode and whatnot. Uh, so I'm probably going to give this 8 out of 10 uh, whale tongues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the floor is squishy. I love that she. Yeah. I love that she kept yeah. building it. You know, she's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, it's it's like it feels squishy and it's moving and blah blah blah." And it's like, yeah, because uh, it's a tongue. That's right. So, uh, Trip, what do you what do you give it? Uh, I think this was definitely a really like a above average episode. Like, I feel like we normally rate them eight eight point five, but I feel like this was like above average because I like the whole mystery to it and the whole. I definitely like Amy Pond. Um, I like seeing her in action. Yeah. Like getting to know her. And New Doctor is always fun. I mean, I've only had one, but, <laughs> well, two, but still. <laughs> Eccleston is so forgettable. You forgot he existed. <laughs> well, no. He was new, even though everything was new at that time. So yeah. yeah. So I think I'm going to give it a nine. I, I don't know if it's too high, though. I. I'm, I'm just going to say a 9. struggle so much with this. <laughs> a 9 out of 10 devil smiley. struggle so much, but most episodes end up being a 9 anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and I missed it. Jared gave it 7 what? I don't remember. I, missed, I, don't, I don't know. 
I, I didn't write it down as he said it there, so it's yeah, I'll have to go back and listen to it. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I like the mystery. I'm with Jared. I I kind of remember this one <clears throat> when Corbin thought that Liz Tan was River Song. I remembered who she actually was that she was the queen. And uh, when there when he was putting the glass of water on the floor, I was like. Why was that again? Oh, right. I, he no was doing that, and I'm like, is he looking for vibrations? And actually, he was looking for the lack of, and I'm like, I never even thought of that. Yeah. What? Yeah. So uh, I love that Amy, I love watching a companion come into their own, and Amy definitely mm-hmm. did this. Yeah. She asserted her, her, herself and who she is and what kind of a companion she's going to be. So <clears throat> I thought that was great. So overall, I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 glasses of floor water. Ew. And... Yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead and floor water. Uh, Why'd you have to phrase it that way? (laughs) (laughs) Seemed like the right thing to do at the time. Comma, you you said it with the comma in the wrong space. It's not a glass of floor water. It's a glass of water on the floor. What? You said the whole thing. Neither of us have a comma. So what are you talking about? Entirely (laughs) wrong. Glasses of floor water. Ew. It doesn't help. (laughs) That's what it is. It's floor water. It was water in a glass on a table. Now it's been on the floor. It is officially floor water. So, uh, creep level. Trip, you want to kick us off with creep levels? Um, I think this was definitely one of, like, the scarier type ones, especially with the smile layers or whatever. Okay. I mean, I I have a number, but I don't know if I want to change it. I struggle with these ratings like, so change much. It. It's already written down. Okay, 345 creep levels. I just think it was... Scary, but like wouldn't give me nightmares, right? Unless I like had a plastic doll or something. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why you would, but if you did have a plastic doll that looked like those things, I would be terrified too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give it 300 out of 500 creep levels, and a lot of that is the smilers, some of it is the being eaten by. A star whale. That is uh, kind of existential horror. Yeah, that is that is gross. That's uh, no. That's ugh. more body horror. Like yeah. getting <laughs> swallowed. Body horror, as in being in a whale's body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the smilers are horrifying. They're just oh, terrible. Yeah, they I think True. I think the tentacle things are not scary uh, in the least in this no, episode. I know they tried to make them scary. They yeah. tried to make uh, them a weird scare. tentacle. Pincer. I thought it was like a giant scorpion. Yeah, it looks like a scorpion's what? tail. What is happening? Yeah. And then it was like oh, part of a whale somehow. <laughs> I don't <laughs> part know. Part of a star whale that's just now randomly breaking up through the yeah. surface of the yeah, like, Why does a whale have tentacles? Yeah. <laughs> and why does it have so many? It's not just a whale. It's a star whale. Uh, but it came from the heavens and they somehow captured and then turned into a ship to fly <laughs> away with. Right. No, they built the ship they around built the ship on its back. It. So here's the thing about the smilers they're creepy when they're smiling. Yeah. They're yeah. really creepy when they turn their head spins around. First of all, that's creepy <laughs> in and of itself. The head spinning around backwards and yep. then revealing a frowny face. That's that's just as mm-hmm. a child, that's uh. terrifying. And then when it spins around again and you expect it to be spinning back again, I said this earlier, back to the smiling side, and in fact, as Corbin it's rightly put, fourth devil. dimensionally, it shows up a third face that should not exist at all, <laughs> and it looks like Satan. Yeah. It's <laughs> also, just we didn't mention it, but the uh, special effects on the half human half smilers turning their heads around. That was pretty good. It was yeah, good. Yeah. And it yeah. was terrifying. And it was yeah, like, oh, yeah. you're, you're like, oh, you weird humans, smilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. And when it turned around, it was just immediately the, the, the devil face, face, right? Yeah. I thought it was frowny face, not no, devil face. No, it was the devil face. I think it was the, I think it was the fang face. But, yeah. And it's then, creepy either way, because it's a human, and then its head turns around. Right. And it's smiling. And then as if it couldn't get any worse with that third face, then the the booth opens. And the dang things <laughs> turn out to not just be Oh, that's not going to scare me. Oh, but what if we come out of our booths and start walking That's towards right. it? So. I wonder, what do they do? Like, do they just, like, bite your head off or something? I or am do confused they just... by their purpose, other than just to scare people who are in the wrong. Because they're like a they're like a really creepy security camera. Yeah, mm. that's that's the basic idea there. So, so I gave it three hundred creep levels. Corbin, did you give yours yet? I don't think you. Did. Yeah, I gave it two fifteen. Two fifteen. So. 
Enough said. Okay. <laughs> That's uh, all you got to say. Really. Any, any theories? Now, now that I have pointed out that the crack was there and that was actually the crack. My theory, we're going to see it in every episode from now on. Oh, okay. It's the new bad wolf. Yeah. Except it's a giant crack that changes in size based on what it's on. It's just so that the viewer can see the That's crack. Because right. <laughs> <laughs> right. you know, why not? That's right. Uh, any any thoughts on what it what it could be? What its significance is? The master or the Daleks are opening the crack. Say it again. The master or the Daleks are opening the crack. That <laughs> I mean, do I need to say anything more? Those are probably the only two, other than maybe Cyber. the Cybermen that yeah. could open the crack. Yeah, the Cybermen could. Clearly, those are what right. those two are one of the suspects. All right, so you think. Uh, that the master or the Daleks are responsible for it, and that we will see it every episode. Trip, and any, any I only say the master because I don't want it to be the Daleks, but I know it's going to be the Daleks. <laughs> I don't says, want it to be the master very much either. Be. But I yeah. mean, what are you going to do? Did the master die? No. Did he? Or uh, he went back through. He's he's he went through the vortex thing and is back with the Time Lords on the but last we know day. He's of the not Time dead. War. I mean, it didn't. Yeah, so no, so he's not dead, but he's not there. Dead. Yeah. He's yeah. theoretically he's inside he's back in the last day of the time. War. So as soon as we see the doctor land on Gallifrey, if he does this season, then it's obviously the master who's uh, okay. fault right. it is. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Trip any any thoughts or theories hmm. on anything? Hmm. I think the Star Whale I feel like that's going to have something to do with something. I don't know. I just feel like... It being the last of its species. It's being its last of its species. Somehow it's going to die. Or, and it's going to... And so then, are like, you saying we're going to see it again? We're going to see it again. Like the face of Bo. But even bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Except more than a face. So. And 20,000 times. And it turns bigger. out, it was Martha all along. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was Captain Jack. became the Star Whale. No, it was Captain what? Jack. He got regenerated like the master guy. So on his way to becoming the face of Bo, he became a Star Whale first. Clearly. No. That works. He died as the face of Bo, got regenerated, and then grew into a Star Whale, which is in why he has a tentacle. In the past. Okay. <laughs> uh, listener input. We didn't have anything uh, directly. Uh, no new reviews. So we are in a new month. So we would appreciate a new review. So we did get one last month, so we're, we're on target. So we'd love for you to check us out on iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Well, we're not, we're not on Spotify. Uh, Spreaker, um, any, any place where you found us, wherever you found us. Beyond uh, Pod. Um, well, you can't leave a review on Beyond Pod. So that's what uh-huh. I was going to say. If you're, using a, if you're using a pod catcher like Beyond Pod or well, do we, um, Pocket Casts. Do we even really check any of those other ones to see if there's reviews on there? Uh, I would. I think I would get an email alert. However, I mentioned this one time before. If you leave us a review anywhere but iTunes, drop me an email and tell me, hey, I gave you a review over on Google Play or Google Podcast or whatever they call it now. It was something different when we started, and now it's changed its name again. So, uh, mm-hmm. But leave us a review. We'd like to see one new one a month. You can also leave us a review on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash noobsinthehoovian. And uh, we, you can leave a recommendation. You can leave a five-star review. Uh, you can not only leave stars, but you can leave like a full-on actual review. So we love seeing uh, the stars. Uh, we also enjoy seeing the words so we can get some, uh, some feedback, know that you're out there listening and hear what you have to say. So uh, that's all we've got under listener input. The game plan, just a reminder that we're going to be covering by his bootstraps later on this month. Uh, it's, it's either the third or fourth. Uh, Corbin, do you have it handy there? Do you have the show notes handy? I don't believe so. I oh, excuse me, the, sh- the, the show schedule. I think I've got it here. Uh, so it's, it's a couple of episodes away as of the releasing of this one. So you're going to want to go ahead and get that audio. And we said, we decided last time that we are going to be covering the Richard Dreyfus radio drama version of that, uh, of that story. It does exist as a short story in various places. Uh, but that's the one that we're going to cover. So, uh, today is September 1st. This episode will be going out this afternoon. And then we've got the Victory of the Daleks and then the Time of Angels and Flesh of Stone. And then the next episode 
will be a timey-wimey covering by his bootstraps. That's on September 22nd. That'll be coming out. So you've got a couple of weeks to uh, download that or stream it directly. If you go to noobsinthehoobian.com, I'll have a link there directly for you. But you can also just Google by his bootstraps, Richard Dreyfus. You can find it. I will tell you that the the version that we're using is on a podcast. Uh, oh gosh, I think it's called Classic Radio Revival, perhaps. And if you're using something like podcasts uh, or Beyond Pod or Pocket Cast or something like that, this episode is further back than their feed really goes. So you got to go to the website and find it there and download it um, uh, unless you've got another way of accessing their archives. So uh, go over to noobsinthehoovian.com and and scroll down to the game plan and you'll see a, a link there that we'll put in the in the show notes. So for next time, join us for Series 5, Episode 3, Victory of Everyone's Favorite Baddie, the Daleks. The Daleks. Mm-hmm. Noobs in the Hoovian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. Trip. And our production editor is that other guy. Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia, to Jared for the Classic Who connection, and to all of our patron <laughs> sponsors. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Noobs in the Whovian. You can like our page, follow our announcements and such there, as well as send us a message there, or you can email us at noobsandthehoovian at gmail.com. Please consider supporting uh, our show over at patreon.com slash noobsandthehoovian. Subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you found us. Share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're, we're the, the noobs. noobs. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Be whip. If you listen closely, you can hear Tripp laughing maniacally. <laughs> Do what? <laughs> that was a beautiful maniacal laugh. <laughs> Are we still going? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. What trip. is happening? Shink, shink. Mm-hmm.